Heavenly Father, you are so good and you are so beautiful. I thank you for what you are doing on this podcast through Aaron and Morgan. It is filled with wisdom, truth, love, and such a transparency that causes me to examine myself, Lord, and to know that in all the difficulties we have in this life, we are never alone. I thank you, Jesus. Today, give us ears to hear your truth and help us to live for your glory. I praise you, Father, and I pray that you would continue to bless this podcast and ministry and help them reach more people for your kingdom. It is in your mighty Son, Christ Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Welcome to the True Discipleship Podcast, where we have practical conversations on what it means to be a passionate follower of Jesus. We are so thankful you chose to listen today and hope you gain a fresh perspective. With Jesus at the center, this is a community where everyone is given a seat at the table, a place to dive into scripture, talk, think, explore, and learn what following Christ is all about. Now on to our hosts, Aaron and Morgan Nelson. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of the True Discipleship Podcast. I am Aaron. And I'm Morgan. Welcome back for another episode. Morgan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good. That's not proper grammar, but... I'm good. You, like... It's just the Southern me. That's that Wilmington coming out. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing good. Good. But how are you doing? Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, I am great. We are in a busy season right now, but it is a good busy season. Yeah. Our youth ministry is getting ready for camp this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, camp would have been this past weekend. And uh, I'm saying it right now. Kids got saved. I'm going to say that Flamuffalo's one wreck. Oh, that's, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, our camp wreck teams are all based on uh, weird animal hybrids. So we have the Flamuffalo's, which is a combination of flamingos and buffaloes. We have the uh, the Turgers, which is, tur- I, was, <laughs> I was about to say the Turd Burgers. That's not right. The uh, Turtle Tiger Hybrid. Um, what's another one? Uh, we have the dolphin gators, half dolphin, half gator. You yeah. better watch out. There's also cogs, which yeah. just sounds really funny. Yeah. Uh, cause cat- cogs are a thing. Cats and dogs. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be great. Flamuffalos for the win. Yes. Uh, Flamuffalos don't let us down in the future whenever you inevitably dominate wreck time. <laughs> right. For everybody that is listening and has no idea what we're talking about, you can learn more about what we have going on here uh, through Instagram, Facebook, uh, at True Discipleship Podcast on both of those platforms. And if you want to contact us via email, on, you got I'm going to get it right this time because it. it's right in front of me. Uh-oh. You can email us at truediscipleship2021 at gmail.com. thought you were going to go rogue and not read it, but... It was right in front of it's me. too much to ask. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, special shout out to Michelle from Dallas who opened this episode up in prayer. She sent it to the right email address. She knew where to go. So Despite me saying it wrong that's every right. week. That's right. So thank you so much for that, Michelle. Again, if you are listening and you're interested in opening one of our episodes up in prayer, uh, you can reach us at any of those platforms that we previously mentioned. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and hop into this week's episode. We are going to do something... Um, Pretty fun. Um, Something I'm excited about over the next few weeks. We are going to be doing a series on the gospel. Woo! That's right. That should be, that is the only appropriate response. Um, If you are one of those people who are like, oh, the gospel, I I know the gospel. Like, 
you may not admit it, but maybe you're in your car and you're just like, oh, the gospel, like, I get it. Or you saw the title of this episode and you're like, what's the gospel? I know the gospel. Why do I need to listen to this? Uh, but I actually think it's going to be fun because over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about topics um, such as what is the gospel, which is what we're going to look at today. We're going to be looking at topics like conviction, repentance, sanctification and holiness, uh, unification of the church body, which all sound like really big Christian words. I feel like I just went to seminary in like two minutes. There you go. You're ready. Um, but all of those things are like legitimately vital parts of the Christian faith that I don't think get talked about enough. And so we're going to kind of take some time and do a deep dive. If we're going to be true disciples, Jesus says all the time that you need to count the cost. And I think all of these things actually kind of touch on the idea of what does the Christian life look like? And so what we're hoping is, is that this week when we talk about the gospel, you see what is the gospel and then what does that actually mean for your life? Now, I mentioned a minute ago, what do you do if you're one of those people who you hear, we're talking about the gospel and you're like, like if you show up at church on the weekend, let's be honest, right? You show up at church on the weekend and you're like, like Easter Sunday, right? Easter Sunday every year, it's the same message. And I legitimately know Christians who are like, oh, I hate going to Easter Sunday service because it's always the same thing over and over and over again. But it's like the most exciting thing. It's the thing. Yeah. Yes. Like my little woo that I did earlier. The only reason I didn't woo louder is because I'm worried about everybody's ears in the studio. Appreciate that. Uh, we sound checked loud, but we didn't sound check as loud Not as I should have been in response to the gospel. Like it's, it's exciting stuff. And I, I think my hope and my prayers by the end of the episode is that you want to woo pretty loud when you think about the gospel or you hear the gospel, hear people talk about the gospel. Yeah. If you're at a point where you feel like the gospel is basic, trivial, mundane, then you're missing the point. And so our hope is, is that at least by the end of this episode, and even more so by the end of this series, that you would have a fire that the Holy Spirit lights inside of you for the gospel. And I think we're going to talk about it in a pretty interesting way today, right? You're excited. I am like, I'm going to get kicked in the butt by this episode. But it's kind of how we start every episode. I'm like, man, I don't want to do this because I'm going to listen to it later and it's going to kick me in the butt. Yeah, probably so. So to the person who's hesitant and said, I don't want to just hear about the gospel because I've heard this message a, a thousand times. We want to propose it to you in perhaps a new way. I want to tell you today, the gospel is not fair. in order to set up this segment uh we should talk about just like everyday situations where your response is well that's not fair do you have those do you have times in your life where you feel like things aren't fair oh yeah yeah absolutely um so I mean, I think I can think of a lot of scenarios like when I was a kid, like, well, that's not fair, like playground situations. But one that just popped into my head that I was like, oh, we'll give people a glimpse into like our life is that I don't think it's fair how well things work out for you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to sit in how like selfish and like 
just horrible that sounds. <laughs> like you're my husband and I should be like, yes, go, like get it. Things are working out for you. Like all praise. Thank the Lord. Um, but the thing that makes me so upset is that you and I approach problems in two very different so ways. So drastically different. So drastically different. So um, I am the type of person who I can spot a problem from like 5,000 miles You're away. You're a planner. You just like to think and plan ahead. Yes. I love having a plan. I love having a list. I love being prepared. I don't like the unexpected. And so if I see a problem on the horizon, <laughs> I'm doing everything I can to make it not a problem before it gets right up in my face. Well, Aaron, on the other hand, is like, oh, well, it's not a problem until it's like a problem, like, like right, yeah. like right there in your face. And those are two very different methods of dealing with things. I'm going to tell you right now where that comes from. When I was a kid, uh, I had like Garfield and Friends on DVD. And there was this episode of Garfield and Friends where like the little duck was like, why are you worrying about things? And there he's, oh man, what did he say? This was like so golden. He said, um, there's no sense in worrying about the things you can control. And there's no sense in worrying about the things you can't control. And I was like, yo, this dude is spitting hot fire right now. We got to get that duck on the podcast sometime, but... <laughs> But yeah, like why worry about it? But I mean, you can take care of the things that you can control. Like if there are certain steps that I can take to make something not a problem, like be proactive about it, I'm going to do it. So anyways, this is going to take up way too much of the episode. And we're not talking about problem solving um, or like marital <laughs> problem solving. That's another episode. Um, Aaron can let the problem get like right up on him. And then somehow it just all works out. Like everything's OK. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what can I say? It, it just like all works out. And I'm like, how you didn't take a five step plan when this was a problem three weeks ago, you waited until it got right up on you and it all works out. And I think what makes it not fair is that like, I put in so much effort to try to keep the problems out of our lives. You're better than me is what you're saying. Because, no. Like it's not fair because you're better than me. I get it. No, I just take so many steps and really it should just be a lesson in letting go. And ultimately God has control of everything and I have no control whatsoever. I think if me and you were in class together, you would be the kid that put in all the work on the group project and I would be the one that just got the A because yes. I had my name on it. Yeah. So other situations. So if you can't relate to, you know, the different types of problem solving and it always working out for the other person. Um, <laughs> I love you so much. Thanks. I can tell. <laughs> um, then maybe you can relate to that person who does nothing and gets the A on the project. Or if you're passed up for a job because um, somebody else with just like different credentials is picked for a job. Like you lack experience. Like when they're like, oh, you need five years experience, but you've only been in the job force for like three. And you're like, but I'm capable of doing these things. But like, nope, you just haven't done it enough. Mm. Yeah. Um, or yeah. So promotions, I feel like are a thing that come up a lot or when good things happen to bad people. Um, I'm not saying you're a bad person. <laughs> just not as good as you are. I get it. You just, you could prepare more for scenarios i feel it uh, well okay this is this is i'm glad you put it that way because this is kind of the hinge that fairness relies upon i think fairness is often based on what we think we deserve <laughs> right it's kind of in like in our situation i think we're like the the tortoise and the hare in a way you know you're like i'm running real fast and i'm doing all this stuff and getting stuff done and the the tortoise is just like slow and steady wins the race <laughs> like i'll just keep on moseying along until i cross the finish line 
and I say that jokingly, but let's let's be serious, right? Like fairness is usually based on what we think we deserve. And it's so funny because in the scenario that you listed, in all of those things, you look at other people and you think this situation isn't fair. But you know who doesn't think that? The people on the other side, like the person that gets the A in the group project that didn't do anything isn't like, this isn't fair. I don't deserve this. Like nobody <laughs> thinks that way. When you get a, a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, Nobody's like, no, no, take this back. <laughs> this is not fair. Or when somebody pays for your lunch or like when you're just naturally more gifted or talented or attractive. I was scrolling through Instagram earlier and there's a comedian, Taylor Tomlinson, and she like posted a clip to her, her Instagram page. And she was like, you ever meet like an attractive Christian? He's like, yeah, if I was hot, I'd believe in God too. <laughs> And it's like, that's just what, right? It's like, man, this is, these things just kind of naturally work out for you. And when those things work in our favor, we think, oh yeah, I deserve this. But when it doesn't, then we start questioning, well, God, are you good? Are you fair? Are you just, how do I know that you're doing all these things? And so uh, I think that the reason why this is important is that if we all have a disproportionate view of what we deserve and we aren't careful that disproportionate view will creep into our theology. Mm. It'll start to creep its way into what we think about God and how we imagine God to be. Um, and I think that's just because that's the way the rest of the world works, right? Like the rest of the world is like, what you put in is what you get out. And you do this, there's a, an even consequence. But then we look at the gospel and the gospel doesn't entirely work that way. There is an if-thenness to the Bible, and I think we actually might do another episode on that somewhere down the line, this if-thenness. We see God making these if-then statements all throughout Scripture, but then the gospel as a whole is not based on what we deserve. God doesn't work the way that we think that our normal idea of fairness works. Yeah. Before you get too far on that, I just have this thing that I, I think can go beyond this episode. I heard a while ago and it was like, you can't take like the things that you know of the world and apply them to God. You have to take the way like God and the kingdom work and apply it to the world. That's good. Do you remember who said that? I don't. I remember hearing that too. And I want to give them credit, but I don't remember. Probably somebody from our church. Probably. But that's like in this situation, if we take the way that God approaches the gospel and fairness yeah. and apply it to our world. I think it'll save us from a lot of disappointment yeah. in everyday situations. Yeah. I think this idea of recognizing that God doesn't operate in fairness the way that we would assume um, is actually, it's definitely biblical. Um, if that makes you uncomfortable, because I know for me, if I hear the phrase God isn't fair or the gospel isn't fair, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on now. <laughs> Uh, and I would make the argument that God isn't fair, but he's just. And I do think there's a difference. Uh, but if you look, um, Psalm chapter 103, this is a Psalm of David. Um, I just, I'm just going to read this really quick because I think it kind of paints a good framework for what we're going to be talking about the rest of this episode. David writes, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. It's interesting. That idea of fairness pops up right there, right? He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Check this out. This is where, where this idea of fairness starts to pop up. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. 
He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. And when I read that, I go, man, thank God that he is not fair. Because if God's idea of fairness was the same as my idea of fairness, and that means I should get what I deserve. And no matter how good I think I am, I'm not. And so the fair thing would be for me to receive the full consequences of my sin. Romans 6.23 says that death is what we deserve. The wages of sin is death, right? That's what we deserve. And I, I love that it kind of uses that language of like the wages of sin. It's like when you go to work, you expect a paycheck because it's what you deserve for your work. And this is saying, no, the only thing you deserve is death and punishment for your sin. But that's not what God gives to us. So I want to make a, a bit of a statement in uh, kind of the juxtaposition of the idea that the gospel isn't fair. I'm going to say that the gospel is not fair. It's good. And I think it's not until we recognize that it's not our goodness, but the goodness of God, that we can even begin to be transformed by the gospel message. So obviously the gospel is the good news. It's the story of God working in this world and what he's doing in this world. And um, I think that while that thread runs through the entire Bible, Ephesians chapter one is one of those chapters that really is like, here is the gospel in like a pretty package with a bow on it. You know, like, it's just like, this is what you need to know. Um, basically in the book of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus to tell them about the newfound life that they have in Jesus. But first he opens the book off by giving them and explaining the gospel. So really chapters one and like half of the beginning of chapter two um, is really just Paul laying out the gospel before he talks about the outflow, the overflow of it. Right. Um, and so Morgan is going to read Ephesians chapter one, verses three through 14 here for us. And then we're going to, we're going to get into it. All right. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in, in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. 
God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we could praise and glorify him. Well done. You have such a beautiful voice. (laughs) That was for Dr. Tim LaVere in Denham Springs, Louisiana. If, if you're listening to this, what I want you to do is I want you to go back, like rewind a minute, go back to where, where Morgan just read this. And I want you to pay attention. This is the gospel. You ready? I want you to pay attention to how much God does in this passage and how little you do. Okay. Now that you're back, <laughs> if you didn't do it, go do it for real. I'm serious, but pay attention to how much God does and how little we do. And that's that idea of fairness. Like, man, if this was a scale, everything God does on one side would drastically outweigh the few things that we do. As a matter of fact, the only thing that we contribute to this entire story is our sin. That's it. And, you know, I I taught on this passage a while ago. And when I did, I said that. And it was one of those things that I don't think it was in my notes. And I said it. It's like, oh, that's good. Actually, it was in my notes because there was a slide for it. I was like, oh, that's good. And like the church that I was speaking at, like posted about it on Instagram. And that was the quote that they put at the bottom and like attributed it to me. That's from Jonathan Edwards that I did not make that up. I was like, Oh, that's such a golden nugget. But no, Jonathan Edwards said you contribute nothing to your salvation except for the sin that makes it necessary. And man, that is a gut punch because how often do we think like in this idea of fairness, especially in the gospel it's like, Oh, well God, I deserve your best because X, Y, Z, because I'm a good Christian, because I serve, because I give, because I do all these things. Like, man, we take all those things and really try to equate them with, with our value to God. But what's so beautiful about this passage is that it actually says that God chose us before the foundations of the earth to give us value. And he already knew that he was calling us to himself, but we try to put all of the power in us when really it's none of that. It's just the sin that we've committed that, that makes the Bible necessary. If you, if you have a paper Bible near you, I want you to grab it really quick and put your finger in Genesis chapter two and look at those first two pages. The rest of it is necessary because of what we did in page two. <laughs> like that's it. That's the reason why we have the Bible because we jacked everything up and the rest is just a beautiful tapestry of God working to call us back to himself. And we miss this. And this, man, how could you go to a church service when they're like, we're going to share the gospel today and get bored? How can you be like, been there, done that, heard this? Can I add an example Absolutely. of that's not fair? Yeah. I look back at Adam and Eve and I'm like, that's not fair. I wouldn't have eaten from that tree. Would you? I say I wasn't in the situation, but if it's- it was chips and salsa on that tree, <laughs> we Sorry. Sorry, every future generation of the world. (laughs) Not Morgan. (laughs) Okay. When you contextualize it to me, yes. Okay. Would have fallen for the temptation, but not for like the fruit. Did I say apple earlier? Because I don't want to be attributed to like saying that it was an apple. That's right. It was a fruit. It was a fruit. We don't know. Yes. So if I said apple, I retract that whatever fruit that Eve took off the tree. 
So important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the gospel is, it's beautiful when you think about it, right? It is. And like, so I don't know if this is going to be almost the inverse of the thought, but there is this fantastic song uh, called Gyra um, by Maverick City Music. And there's a line that I just like quote to myself almost hourly. And it's, I wasn't holding you up. So there's nothing I can do to let you down. Mm. And that's more of like, man, I'm such a disappointment. And there's so much like terrible things, t- so many terrible things that I do. And I feel like I'm constantly letting God down. But also there was nothing I was do- doing to hold God up. Like I, I can't, like I wasn't putting him where he is based on like my good deeds and like all, all of that. Mm. So there's never a moment when I'm going to deserve. You can't earn it. Yeah. I think is the point that I'm trying to make. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing to have a gift that good and then to receive it for free is the part of this where I'm like, thank God that you're not fair. Thank God that you don't give me what I deserve. But, but let's be real like this, when you put it this way and when we talk about it this way, it seems like a no brainer, right? Like it's a layup, but like, yeah, why wouldn't I want that? Like if somebody's like, Hey, you want the keys to this Tesla? You'd be like, yeah, well, I'm not even going to think twice about it. Right. So if grace is even better than that, if grace is that good, then why is it such a hard pill to swallow for so many people? And why do you think that it's such a hard gift to receive if it's that good? I think the same thing I said earlier of like, we can't take what we know about the world and apply it to God. I think we still try to do that in this scenario. And there's, you have to earn everything in this world. Like there's not like people for the most part are not just handing things out for free. Not them stimmies though. (laughs) Oh man. Thankful for a stimmy. (laughs) Um, Run it back, Joe. Oh my goodness. I thought we were going to get through the episode without talking about stimulus. Stimmies. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, you make a good point. Um, So it, it's hard to grasp that there is something that God is willing to give me that I didn't have to do anything to get. Mm. And I think that this is probably going beyond the like boundary of this episode, but it kind of calls back to our episode of worship and that worship is like the ultimate response to the gospel. Like I I think about how, like every time somebody gives me something, I want to repay them. Like I constantly, me and my best friend, like we'll buy each other lunch or send each other money or for birthdays or whatever. And it's constantly like paying each other back and hoping to get down to that zero. But there's like, I'm never, ever, ever going to be able to give enough to God to ever like bring it back to zero. And that just like, it's an overwhelming, God has given me so much in the gospel that it leads me to really the only response is just on my knees, like crying, like scream singing the whatever worship song is playing on the radio or if I'm in like in church, um, like that is the response. Like there's nothing else I can do in response to the gospel. Yeah. We saw a video just earlier today of a family in Nigeria who the father was killed because they were Christians and the two sons were like attacked and like stabbed. One of them was like slid across the back of his neck. It was crazy. 
and just seeing how joyful that family still was, I walked away from that video thinking, man, if the gospel cost me my life, that's too low of a cost. I think it's that good. And it's probably worth more than me standing in a worship service with one hand in a pocket and the other hand gripping a cup of coffee. Like, it's undignified, ugly, worshipful response to how good God is. Yes. I ask as we watch it together. We watch it together. <laughs> um, sometimes I think it, I don't want to say it would be easier, but it's just more straightforward. Like there, for people who haven't seen The Good Place, I'm not going to spoil it, but you basically, for every action, you either earn points or lose points. So like the good things you earn points and the bad things you lose points and it's green and it's red and it's just like super straightforward and just to call back to earlier and like me planning ahead I would have a spreadsheet like projecting like all the good potential points I could get and all the bad potential points. Could you imagine all the apps that would be out to help you keep track of Hey your... you can do this really bad thing tonight as long as you dot 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 tomorrow. Yeah so I would have this way of knowing like I'm gonna end up with like positive whatever I need get my like platinum place in the good place and then some fluke would happen and I like they would change the rules and like I would do this one like it wasn't supposed to be such a bad thing but then it ended up being a bad thing and like deduce all like deduct all my points and then Aaron would walk in and be like oh, I just got my platinum there's a game <laughs> like, I didn't know you guys were keeping score he just walks in he's got like a napkin folded in his pocket where he tallied a few things yeah. and you get your platinum spot in the good place and then I'm <laughs> sitting in the dump um I get what you're saying though like yeah yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad it doesn't work that way because we would leave, live totally differently. That would have so many other ramifications on the way we lived our lives. But it's, you know, when I was a kid, I used to always struggle and like actually question, am I saved? Like, how do I know that it's stuck? Like, I prayed the prayer for the 15th time this summer. Is this the time that I'm actually saved? And if there was some sort of scorecard or like sheet where I could keep up with everything that I did, of course, I would obsess over it. But I think... It would be, it'd be a, a, a solid way for me to kind of find this like sense of comfort, but then it's not even a sense of comfort because then it's just pride in myself. Mm. It's pride in what I've done, right? And it has yeah. nothing to do with the gospel. And, and what you were talking about earlier when you talked about worship was so key because like even that idea of like pouring our heart out in worship is like, that's not even enough. That's just a response. It's a response to what Jesus has done. And so how do I receive this free gift of grace? Well, I have to believe in what Jesus has done for me and realize that there's nothing I could do for myself. And that's, man, that's the thing, right? Like that's, that's where the thing is. And so, you know, Paul in, in Ephesians 2, he tell, or I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 1, he tells us that we have to believe, but, but what does it even mean to believe? I think it's kind of twofold. I think it's two things. One, you recognize the fact that God has an ultimate plan. Paul talks about that all throughout Ephesians, that God has an ultimate plan. That's the first part. And the second part is, is you recognize that you play a part in that plan. 
here's the thing. God's doing what God wants to do. When we say yes to following him, the only thing that changes is that we go in line with the way that things actually are in the world. Because before that, we're, we're waking up every day, trying our best, sending our good vibes, trying to manifest things, talking to the universe. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is all the stuff that we come up with. And it's like we come up with all these plans and methods of how we think the world works. But God says, no, listen, if you will just believe that I'm already doing something in the world, and if you come under that and you play a part in the plan of what I'm carrying out in the world, that's what it means to believe. You recognize that God is doing something in the world, and then you, you, your life lives in accordance with that. Like, we know things. Like, you can know things about God. But then when you believe it, you actually live different, and you actually become a part of the plan of what he's doing in the world. Yeah, I... Um you set me up wonderfully because you said plan and that's your jam me and my practical applications um of like so believing is hard and there are things that we try to do instead like um so like instead of believing we default to doing yes mm i've never felt more known than i do <laughs> right now the default to doing mm. um i mean there there are examples well, of- i'm just gonna i'm just gonna paraphrase that really quick for anybody who's listening and may be struggling it's it's instead of resting you're doing yes instead of being you're doing yes. instead of enjoying the gift of god you feel like you have to earn the gift of god and maybe i feel like indebted to god for like giving me grace and for sending jesus to die on a cross and and trying to pay him back mm. well i mean to be fair romans 12 1 right says that our lives are a living sacrifice and it's in response to what god has done so we do we do sacrifice ourselves and we're going to talk about that more as we get into these other concepts over the course of this series um but it's out of an overflow it's not out of like i'm earning right does that make sense yes yeah yeah because I think what, what tends to happen, kind of that doing mindset is that people are like, oh, well, maybe I need to find like a new small group. Or maybe I need to read my Bible more, or maybe I need to find a place to serve, or maybe I need to give more money. All of those are good things that we should be doing. Maybe not finding a new small group every like... Well, like find a new small, I'm talking about like, if you don't have one, right? Oh, like I need to get I plugged in. I need like, to like, I need to do, I need to check all the boxes on the like Christian to do list, right? Gotcha. All the things that might If you're in for. a good small group, don't leave your small group. Yeah. Unless it's time to make a new small group. Yeah. Then that's the only time to, but, but I think what happens is, is the problem with all these things though, even though they're intrinsically good, um, we treat those things like the end as opposed to the means mm -hmm. by which we grow closer to God. Because then we think we're earning our salvation if we get a small group. We're earning our salvation if we read more. We're earning our salvation if we find a place to serve. We're earning our salvation if we give more money. We're racking up those green points. That's right. But that's not it. Like the purpose of finding a small group is not to fulfill your needs. It's to be a part of a group of people who will remind you what it is that you need to believe. Oh, man. So today I, you and I both listened to the message from 
our weekend service at yeah. church. And there was like this great example. And of course we were listening to it, so we didn't see it, but the pastor like called someone on stage hmm. and had this moment where he like pushed him and he was like, that was a little dramatic. And I really want to know what the person did. Like when he put, <laughs> did he like fall down? But he was like, your group, it was talking about the importance of community, but it was like, your group should be pushing you towards God, yeah. pushing you towards like just a deeper relationship to God. So yeah. yeah. So your group isn't God. No. You being a part of your group isn't you being done with the God thing. That's not a box you check off. You're with that group so that they push you push you closer towards God. Um, reading your Bible more. That was another example that we listed. You don't read your Bible so that you can say you completed your reading plan. You read your Bible because you need a reminder of the story that God has put into motion. And you need a reminder of how you play a part in that. This all comes back to believing, finding a place to serve. Great thing. Highly recommend it. Don't serve, get serving somewhere. I know a great middle school ministry you can get plugged into, but it's not to make you feel better about yourself. It's so that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus so that you can point other people to the, to the gospel so that they can believe. Want to give more money? And then they can have this moment of like, man, I don't have to do things to receive it. Yes. And you just send them this podcast link. Yeah, you make <laughs> disciples. That's gosh, it's such a crazy oh, concept, isn't man. it? It's wild. The we idea, just come full circle. Yeah, yeah. It all comes back to this idea of discipleship, which is really the reason why we started this podcast. Because let's be honest, a lot of churches are dropping the ball on this. I don't like calling people out, so I bring it more self-reflective that I am not doing a great job. Also true. Okay, let me put it this way: <laughs> most communities of faith don't put enough of an emphasis on. You're following Jesus well, you need to push somebody. <laughs> you need to grab somebody else and then help them walk on that path with Jesus as well. I don't think that happens. Like if you went to people who have been going to church for years and said, hey, who are you discipling right now? How many of them realistically would have an answer? Or if I went to someone and said, who discipled you? Who is teaching you the ways of Jesus? Who are you living life so intimately with? Now, some people would probably list someone. And then if I went to that person and said, hey, so-and-so said you're discipling them, they'd be like, what? <laughs> now, to be fair, right? Sometimes it just happens naturally. And so it doesn't have to feel as formal as I am discipling so-and-so. Like, it happens pretty naturally. But it should be a priority. It should be a priority. Why? Because the gospel is the greatest gift that the world has ever received. And all we have to do to receive it is believe it. And there are so many people out there who don't believe it because they don't know it. They don't know the real gospel. I mean, if you were to go out and ask somebody, in your own words, explaining me the gospel, and they were to say, um, Jesus died for my sins and now I go to heaven. Okay, can you explain it? Like, how does that work? Like, if you're talking to somebody who's not a Christian and they were like, oh, so some guy died 2,000 years ago and so now my soul's good? Like, how does that, what does that mean? I think in order to understand that we go to the place where the truth is and that's in the Bible. And, and we went to this path. We started with this passage earlier in Ephesians uh, chapter one. And um, if you went back and replayed, you heard the he's and the hymns and the gods and the Jesus and the spirit and like all of that that they did. And you probably counted how many times you did something and you were probably receiving something. 
there, there was nothing that you had to do in that passage. You were kind of probably standing there awkwardly. And like when someone sings happy birthday to you, you, you just don't know what to do. And God's like, here are my blessings and here is wisdom and his kindness and understanding. And like, there's so much stuff that God did and we didn't have to do anything. And that's what brings us to the, this conclusion of like, we don't do good things to earn our salvation. We do them from the overflow of believing that this is true. It's mm, good. Yeah. So it's not the, the earning for it's living out of that place of man, this is what God has done. He's blessed me with these spiritual blessings. And now, now my life has changed and I get to change the lives of others around me and all. Yeah, that's good. It's good. I'm going to keep talking because I keep having ideas <laughs> and responses to things that so we don't have to include this. Um, it Let's keep it. It's probably going to be gold. It will propel. It'll send us into like the next um, few weeks that we talk about this. Um, <laughs> completely forgot. Oh my gosh! Going to say. Come back for more um, next week. Oh, just how much more fueling it is to do the things out of the overflow than to do them out of trying to earn obligation. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a that's a great segue. It is. I can't believe I came up with it. Into our next episode, not segment. Yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna cut it there. That's pretty good. But I'm excited for this series. I think we're gonna have some really good conversation. It's getting back to the basics, but I think we have to because we get so bogged down in the details and all these different things. And if we don't catch this, we miss out completely on what it means to be a disciple. So, Thank you so much for listening to episode eight of the True Discipleship Podcast. I am Aaron. And I'm Morgan. And we will see you next week as we continue our series. Two in two weeks. I'm sorry. See you in two weeks. We continue our series on the gospel. Mm-hmm.